The Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And summer is finally here. It's official. Um, gazing out to see, I can see an absolute plethora of um, sails up. There's windsurfers. There's a lot of pedalos out, which I haven't seen for years and years. Uh, the wind is very, very mildly blowing a beautiful breeze. And I've just finished having a conversation with today's guest here in this little pocket and um, pink corner of Santillaria. And that is, of course, the owner of the WOM, the Word of Mouth Cafe. And Harry Charles has um, become a dear friend over the course of time, over the last year or so, um, of the cafe opening. And I'm really looking forward to sharing um, this little chat that we've just had here on a sun lounger um, whilst gazing out, um, surrounded by the holiday makers uh, of Ibiza um, in a very apt fashion. Um, and I just wanted to say before this conversation begins, if you haven't followed us on Instagram at the Reset Rebel, be amazing if you could do so. And also, if you've never left us a review, if you wouldn't mind popping over there um, and just giving us a little um, few words, would be forever grateful. It really does help um, get us up into the charts and get us found. Right, on with the show. And I'm going to go back over to the Wom Cafe right now to drink an icy cold Kenya and actually edit today's episode. Don't go away. Harry from Wom, sitting directly in front of the, the pink paradise uh, on Santillaria Seafront. Welcome to the Reset Rebel podcast. Thanks for having us, Joe. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, there's uh, far worse places we could be right now. Um, love to be sat inside our venue, but seeing as we've kind of uh, amplified the acoustics and made it a bit warmer for the music heads, it's uh, not as quiet for us to have a conversation. So this is a good place to be. It is. I think we should have a little uh, a little toast yes. to this momentous occasion. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, that wet the old whistle. A little bit of mezcal. Yeah, I mean, it um, comes with the territory when uh, you bring one of the finest Mexican uh, vinyl selectors into your house for a, a day of music. I did, did wonder, actually, where that came from, but um, what's his name, sorry? Um, Ernesto, or Gallo, or his uh, DJ name is Sunshine Boy. He's um, become kind of like a firm fixture or house resident, if you like, of, uh, of WOM, and certainly brings a, a really beautiful kind of like a, the sound of mezcal, actually. That's, that's kind of what he tells me. I mean... I'm very new to mezcal, but I, I like it a lot now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think it's like the only thing in this weather that, that seems to work and give you a little bit of wings because I'm finding around about now we're meeting late afternoon and I'm kind of like out of oomph by uh, after lunch. Oh, yeah, I can totally relate to that. I mean, um, if it's not one thing, it's the other. It's You know, the island is completely bipolar as far as its personality goes. It's It's completely one person in the winter and then in the summer it turns into this other completely different person so it's a it's a difficult relationship to have when you're a resident that lives here because uh, it totally <laughs> with your you know your livelihood and your your mental psyche um but you're right you need a little pick-me-up come about four o'clock and caffeine doesn't cut it obviously you can't go too heavy because you've got a life and other responsibilities so and a whole night ahead of you working at one exactly <laughs> you know you know it's not it's not the time or place anymore for me to be in that kind of headspace but um uh, it certainly used to be my my get out of jail card it was like get as far away from my head as possible 
uh, escape the madness by going off to oblivion and beyond. But now it's just there's too much to enjoy and be uh, grateful for on planet Earth for me. So uh, I have to find other medians and uh, releases and yeah, uh, therapy if you like. <laughs> that boy needs therapy. What yeah. <laughs> what's in at number one? What number one therapy? Um, I think music's always my biggest release of passion. Um, I get a lot immense enjoyment out of creating dishes and plates and food for people um, and you know seeing the joy in people's faces and and saying oh that tastes amazing but music when I play it I only really play it for myself because every track that I play holds like a place in in my heart so when you play it you can you know music does things to you that other things just can't do you get like the full body shivers from some tracks or just the arms uh, your hairs on your arms stand up or or just the hairs on the back of your neck stand up on some some songs and some songs are like oh i can't listen to that anymore it reminds me of something that's too like you know personal or whatever you know so i think i think music is always the biggest therapy for me um that and of course having a a loving family at home you know getting woken up by a couple of beautiful kids and my wife uh, that's the wholesome goodness of life that I have to I think that's a pretty good uh, eclectic mix of uh, therapeutic activities in at number one though really is is a brand new baby on the scene which um, I don't know how you're still sort of standing and holding up a, a very busy job yeah um, it's a roller coaster. I mean like uh, <laughs> anyone who doesn't have kids is like in this whole other world and then you have kids and you totally understand it when you think back about those conversations you had with other people and like how are you and they're like oh you know i've got kids and you're like you, you don't have a clue but then you have kids and you really get it so it's 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 mad it's like huge sacrifice it's every day's a learning curve um but it's just as rewarding as it is punishing at times too so um yeah just a mad roller coaster love it so, I mean, obviously, while your wife has been giving birth to uh, your beautiful children, you've been sort of giving birth to WOM. So how did it, how, you know, how did this project get off the ground in Ibiza in such an amazing location? I mean, literally, we've just stepped out of the front door, essentially, and onto the beautiful sand of Santillaria looking out to sea, which, as you just said, is, a, is not a bad way to spend um, a Thursday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon even. I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's Thursday today. The guy who um, has helped, helped me out this morning, shout out to Pete Giroux. He, wrote, he writes our boards. He's a super artistic guy. He, he wrote Thursday this morning and, and we were all convinced it was Thursday until Kyle, who's uh, uh, another fantastic member of our team. Captain uh, Sensible. Yeah, exactly. He was like, I <laughs> oh, hate to break your balls, mate, but it's actually Wednesday. Uh, so he had to redo the board. Um, good old Bradford lad finding a way. Um, yeah, I mean, the question there, um, I, I definitely pinch myself when I look out at sea and think, like, this is my office for the day. Um, that, you know, um, coupled with a soundtrack uh, of amazing music from the, the fantastic artists that come and perform here. And also, I'm very fortunate to have great people that come in every day. But where did it all begin? Well, um, we, we took a gamble, essentially. Uh, we we put our like neck and our <laughs> balls and our proverbial balls and our money on the on the on the table at a, a risky time during covid and everyone thought we were crazy but the the reward is there to to be paid off uh, finding a venue like this of uh, with the you know right on the beach i mean it's it's unheard of to find venues on the beach that are not already snapped up i think people would walk past this venue and just not really see what i could see um, but i'd been manifesting something like this most of my adult uh, life you know so are you an adult yet are you sure about that really no actually that's why I paused I think I said it I was like am I I, I look of doubt washed over your face yeah um, it's um, it's been manifested for like you know 
since I was about 15, I think I said to my mum that I really wanted a, a, a restaurant or a venue, somewhere that I could bring people together. And then over the years, it just kind of evolved and grew, and the passions like collided, and and it and it became one. So the idea was born in Australia through um, uh, starting a, a kind of small event at a, my favourite record store, Mills Records in Fremantle. Shout outs to Balesy and uh, Josh Granger, who was a big part of kind of like helping get those initial ideas off the ground and publicising to people. Um, and it was the owner of the record store who said to me, uh, listen, like, I'm happy if you do something here, but, you know, I just don't really want it to be, like, an event or a gig or, like, ticketed or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 that's cool. I just I just want to play music, really, and bring people together. Like, I'm not looking to earn money out of it. It's just a place to hang. So the idea was it wouldn't be on Facebook, it wouldn't be on Instagram, it would be completely word of mouth. And then that name, kind of, as I said it, it was like, yeah, that's 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 my kind of concept. That's, that's what I believe in. It's just word of mouth it's it still stands its test of time it's it's how we do most of our general day-to-day living you know someone recommends you something and you you go there because a friend told you it was good that's word of mouth you know it's not like a facebook ad that pops up in your face or 50,000 likes on a post that says you've got to go here i mean like we get drawn into that in this day and age but the reality is there's nothing that hits home more than someone who you trust and respect as a friend who says go check this out or you know you believe, they believe in this so that's that's what word of mouth really means to me it's like a genuine kind of expression and that's kind of what I want or believe that our uh, our ethos is is to recommend to others the menu's eclectic the music's eclectic the mix of people's eclectic it's a community driven project it's ever growing we're learning from who we are by being open every day we don't always get it right but um yeah, it's part of the journey. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for everything that we've got um, that's happened for us so far. Um, the support from the locals has just been phenomenal. You know, like the island residents and 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 other like musos and and people who have contributed their time um, and expertise and advice. Like, you know, you, you can't put a price on that. Um, we, we've spent money. You know, we've we've tried to put our profits back into the business to show that we care as well. Um, We've uh, established a good kind of uh, base relationship with our neighbours. Uh, we've spent money on protecting the sound from travelling too far towards the residents. Why did you choose to be in Santillalia? I think because for me it resonated with the community factor. It felt like this is where most of the islands live, actually. And it felt like this was our tribe kind of as well. It felt like it was the right people and... It feels like maybe this is kind of where the island's at a bit of like a turning point as well. Um, there's a lot of people flying the flag for community and sustainability and just doing things the the real Balearic way. It's not too expensive. You know, people aren't trying to rip people off. It just feels genuine here on this side of the island. It's not gonna lie. That's 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 the, that's the real honest answer. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's obviously where people also hang out all year round and live all year round, which obviously gives your business longevity throughout the year. And I think that's also another probably major factor in in any business that's going to build a community. It's got to be here for people that do live here when it's not just summertime. And obviously, you know, a lot of people, which is what we're experiencing now, um, coupled with the extreme heat. So I think it makes perfect sense what about the um, I've always wanted to ask you this question who chose the pink uh, the pink was created via a 
mix match of colors and trying to trial and error it was it was not a bought color it was uh, we actually painted the whole thing pink like we thought it was the right pink and then we sat on it for a day and came back the following day and realized we'd opened an ice cream brothel um, and that wasn't what we were trying to like that wasn't the message we were trying to send across so um, we got the paint tins and kind of like mixed a bit of a darker shade and a, and a, and a shade and, and then this particular color was born and yeah it went up and um, it's kind of weathering in a, in a really lovely way too I'm like almost scared to paint it although I did a really bad hash of like painting up some like some of the like blotched <laughs> marks of um, of drilling and chips of walls and stuff but I also think it kind of adds to the the authenticity of our uh, it does I mean yeah you can't really tinker too much with it it's fading into a beautiful beautiful shade actually it was very sort of flamingo-ish about six months ago but it's as the summer has um, continued it's it's kind of just yeah as you say gently relaxing it's it's, it's, you know that horrible weird rain that comes in Ibiza it always comes it maybe comes a few times a year but the the first one comes and, and everyone's always like what the hell is this and it's that brown weird rain that you wake up in the morning it's all over your car it's all over everything um and it's ingrained into our building now you know i haven't, I haven't like sprayed the building clean or anything so you know just you got time uh, just you haven't got time no <laughs> no time for that and the thing is once you've done it once then two minutes later you know two weeks later it, it, it happens again my car has been in a permanent state of absolute filth for a really long time and I did actually wash it for the first time yesterday in months and it's just like a totally different vehicle it was like wow that's actually mine yeah well I mean I always laugh at the people who paint the buildings in Ibiza white I mean it is kind of like a an iconic symbol of Ibiza you know the white thinkers but every year you just see them getting the paint out again and painting the whole thing white and it's kind of like well I mean is that a metaphor of life it's just like putting like you know a face paint over everything all the time we should weather with time and maybe also choose a colour that weathers a bit better than white. There's not a lot of weathering with time going on around around here though, is there? Uh, <laughs> well, that sounded like a riddle, that question. <laughs> not a lot of weathering weathering with time. Well, instead of like covering it up with, uh, with something. Yeah, um, it's all out to sea. We are literally looking out at sea right now. Everyone's here. It's too hot to wear clothes, so, you know, you're bearing it on the line. Um, it's not a nudist beach. Some people have got, you know, costumes on. There's a little dog I can see. Um, people are too hot to do anything right now. They're just, like, polaxed and just kind of waiting for the evening to come. Um, the clubs seem to be busy. I think the general businesses, uh, hospitalities, restaurants, it's been a topsy-turvy start to the season. It's always everyone's like, the season's beginning when the clubs open. Not really. The season begins for the clubs, but that's not the season of Ibiza. You know, that's like just the the go for clubbers to come out and experience the the super clubs but you know the other businesses that operate all year round and the the restaurants and the other kind of amazing places that are opening around the island um where's your favorite place apart from one on the island to hang out oh that's difficult i mean i don't get a chance to hang out in these places enough but if i do ever get a day off i mean i love ambre that restaurant for me is super i love the guys there um, they've become friends, uh, Anatea and Mateus, Javi, the guys, they're all brilliant. Um, I love what they do. Um, shout out to Pepitas, Dave and um, Paula, they're doing a great job over there. Um, I love Project Social. I mean, I, I mean, like, 
the places that most people like to go and hang out that are part of like the the residents in the community here i mean the beach is a great place to hang out especially when it's off season because it's all yours and you have to share it i mean it was bumper to bumper rugs at benaras the other day but it was cool to take our kids there you know to show you share the sunset and benaras is an iconic part of ibiza you know the did drug. you do it on a sunday we did we oh went for the God. drummers and she had a little bop and um we got pizza gave him an ice cream i got in trouble from emily um <laughs> but you know he had a sugar crash and it was fine he goes super wacky loopy loo on on sugar and it's it's actually quite good it's one of my just imitating you harry yeah he's a little mini me for sure um so <laughs> got it all to come so how was Australia before here then? What took you out there? Because isn't that, is that where you met Emily? Uh, no, we met in London, actually. Um, we met um, on a photo shoot for a friend. He uh, was doing like a... He started a fo- um, fashion label and he started with some T-shirts and he got all of his mates to come together. And uh, on like in Hackney, I think it was on top of like Nettle House, well, they, where they have a radio station now. And we did like... Um, a photo shoot there and hung out and one of our friends DJed on the roof and then we all went out later and yeah I mean I think I fancied Emily from like previous uh, uh, posts from another friend of mine Sylvie who I'd just seen her popping up in like photos and thought yeah I like her and then I knew I was going to meet her at the photo shoot and then it was love at first sight for me she took a bit longer to warm to me not going to lie had to work a bit hard you know <laughs> to, to, to pull her essentially she was already going travelling to Australia and I basically completely changed my plans Rather than to stay in London and, and focus on music and other things that I was doing, I decided to just follow my heart, really, and follow her to Australia. So that's why we headed to Australia. Um, I worked for Jamie Oliver at the time as well, and um, was like, I started as like a busser working for his uh, Jamie's Italian brand. In, what does a busser do? A busser does everything that you're the basic bitch of the whole restaurant. You do whatever you're told, and so, I cannot imagine yeah. you doing that, Harry. Yeah, yeah you got. You know, that's where you start. In that, well, that's where you used to start in hospitality. Nowadays, people just need to get a decent phone and put a few pictures of what a dish they've made once and put it on a on an Instagram and create followers, boost ads, and before you know it, they're you know a phenomenon with a hundred thousand followers and getting paid by Instagram. To, to be there to exist whereas like you know I think the day and age is gone of people actually deciding to have a career in hospitality and grafting from the ground up um, so what does a busser do? a busser buses <laughs> Joe like a double decker d- d- like a triple decker you know you're polishing cutlery you're, 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 you're clearing plates you're running food you're um, as I said you're stocking up the, the, back, the back bar and all sorts of things you know whatever whatever you get us to do basically you know you're a, you're a good boy you do it with a smile you do it with a smile and then you get promoted to a runner and that runner just runs Ooh. food and drinks and you don't have to do any of that basic bitch stuff anymore you know basic. and then and then you get a section in a waiter as a waiter and then I climbed up as a supervisor and then I got to be a manager and more responsibilities came with more problems uh, working for people was difficult when you have a dream and an idea and you have a belief of the way it should be but ultimately you work for people who uh, own a business who look at it from a different perspective um, I'm very grateful to be in an opportunity where now it's up to me to make a lot of those decisions um, but you know you now see it from a different perspective as well you know it's not all fun and games it's not all oh it's a great idea and let's just make it happen it's all passionate you've, you've got to become a businessman overnight you open a business and that's it you, you there's no training you know there's no like oh you know you got safety net it's you're on the line i love the fact that you're calling yourself a businessman you, you look like you've stepped out of hawaii 5-0 <laughs> it's 
<laughs> That's what business looks like. Isn't I'm in. That what all businessmen and women look like? <laughs> no, mate. They uh, carry briefcases and look really miserable and wear three-piece suits in the in the city. I mean, that's that's being like archaic nowadays. As I said, you know, everyone's into like doing things a different way. You create your own life. You create your own world. You don't have to follow the suit. Um, we certainly didn't do that when we got married. Everyone was like, "You got to get married in a church. You got to do this. You got to do that." You know, there's no there's no point in in trying to be anybody else. They're already taken. Oh, indeed. Oh, well, that's a bumper sticker out there. Have that one. Put it on a T-shirt and a cap and buy it. <laughs> well, I'm sure it would probably, uh, you know, on Instagram, knock a few a bit, a bit of merch out from the Pink Flamingo Town. What, um, you know, working for Jamie Oliver, what was that like? Did you meet the man himself? Yeah, I did. I absolutely adored that human being, and I still do. Was it Pucker? It was Pucker. We weren't allowed to use that word, actually. <laughs> that was like, there was like a Jamieism words that we were allowed, that we got told, like, these are the words that you're allowed to use. Don't use these words. He's trying to phase them out. Realised that Pucker wasn't maybe the most Pucker word to use, so it became unpucker. Uh, but then every now and then you slip it in because it's just funny, just like I'm doing now. Um, but you know, it's great Jamieism at the end of the day. I mean, it's kind of one of the things that made him famous. He was, he was, and still is for me, uh, immensely instrumental human being. And he's still, you know, doing so much for the community and the and the and the greater cause. So. Long live Jamie Oliver. Good well, on. the fact that he got, you know, decent food into school, I mean, it's a bit like hospitals. I don't. I think that should have been next on his list, to be fair, because these are the two places on earth growing children and sick people can't be eating absolute crap. Good luck on that one. I mean, like, hospitals, they're awful, the food. You're right. I mean, I don't know when that will ever change. It's just such a big business, you know, farm, big pharma companies, hospitals. Uh, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole on this podcast about it because you can just go deep into it and then you're like, they're all connected and this is why they give you that and da 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 It's a big thing. And I just don't think they've got any money, basically. That's what yeah, probably what it boils down to. Spent it all. It's not a conspiracy theory. I don't think so. They've spent it all on cleaning the place. Those <laughs> hospitals are clean. Apart from when it was COVID and our first child was born and uh, Emily's getting rushed into labour and I was like trying to bring the bag that had like the massage oils and the things that I needed to bring and, and I picked up the wrong bag and then I was running out and the woman was like your shoes and I was like yeah what and she was like it's Covid you need to wear shoes you weren't wearing any I shoes running, I didn't think that that was necessary to wear shoes into the room but clearly was I got in trouble you mean your Covid feet yep spreading the Covid just like, you know, if you if you obviously dance when COVID was on, that you'd spread COVID more. I mean, that was a number one primary way to catch it, I think, of uh, just, you know, having any kind of fun whatsoever. Yeah, and that was, again, why a lot of people were like, you're crazy opening a business during the most like uncertain times. Nobody knew what was going to happen with COVID. It just seemed to be going from worse to worse and more restrictions, more, like, ridiculous-isms and things you had to, like, abide by. And we were opening a business, so it was mad. I mean, at one point, we were like, oh, we need to get a roof because the weather's so bad. It rained for six weeks in our first year of business during November. We weren't expecting that. That's a lot of loss of revenue on our, on our forecast. But then we were about to get a roof, and then suddenly it was like, all the venues with a roof, you need to have a COVID passport. And it was like, okay, well, let's not get a roof because we haven't got a roof. No one needs a COVID passport in here. So then all the residents were like, yeah, sweet, let's go to Worm. We don't need a COVID passport there. because I mean, bullshit. to be honest, that was the most bonkers thing that I think actually possibly ever happened in my lifetime of needing a passport to go to a bar. I mean, what is that all about? Unbelievable. Well, well done you for not succumbing though and getting a big old roof built. The world is unbelievable. I mean, just look look across the, the, 
the oceans and the seas and see what's happening abroad. I mean, people are doing stupid things every day. And I don't understand why we can't get a lid on this as humanity and just say, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's not cool. We can't allow people to do that anymore. That's that's bonkers. Like, why is that being passed? Like, that law's ridiculous. You know, surely we should... Revisit. I think you should be the president, actually, Harry. That, that, that's what I'm gunning for. Get rid of the, Mr. Biden. He's almost popped his gloggers anyway. Uh, if I was going to be president, it wouldn't be in America. I'd just let them suffer for, for the rest of eternity. Where would you like to be president? Of Ibiza. <laughs> <laughs> you do look a bit like the president right now. That shirt is particularly becoming. No, uh, that, I think there's a long way off. I think there's probably more chance. Who is the president of Ibiza? Um, <laughs> it's a quiz for you. David Greta. <laughs> he's famous, isn't he? He's very famous. Yeah. He might be, you know, he's almost a god because he's a DJ, but he's definitely not the president. No, I mean, a lot of DJs are gods over here. Um, I, it, I don't know who the president is. Uh, there is, there, is there, there's, there's certainly people who make the island go round, you know. There's probably like, there, there is. Conseil. Yeah. The insular. Let's not talk about them, you know. They're probably listening, so we don't want to upset anyone. They're always listening to you, Harry. Hopefully. There are people that are uh, spying behind those palm trees yeah, over there, I think. Definitely talk enough. Um, that's part of word of mouth, you know, to talk a lot. Um, spread the word, spread the good vibrations. I knew we wouldn't run out of words, though, because, you know, you've also got a radio show, and it's quite interesting, actually, finally getting to do this podcast together, which we've talked about doing for donkey's ears. But basically, we're, we're, <laughs> we're about actually in the world, in England, are you from, first of all? Because I do detect a little bit of West Country. <laughs> so, I don't know why people think that. I think I like to pretend. Well, you said donkey's ears. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a girlfriend from Bristol once, and I think I just loved the accent, like getting in a taxi and people being like, "Cheers, drive," or are "You sitting here now?" Or it's just a good accent, isn't it? I mean, yeah, my mine's a funky one, a bit of a. I always say I'm a mongrel because I was born in England in a place called Milton Keynes, which is great. You drive through it, and then you've been there, and then it's fine. It's non-offensive. It's good. Um, school was okay but I grew up in Scotland from the age of two when my mum and dad separated really and I uh, was born and raised in well born in England raised in Scotland moved back to England so the Scottish accent dissipated because no one understood a word I was saying and I had to slow down the speech and then I developed this weird sort of like southern twang and then it kind of stuck it I, it's actually easiest for me to speak in a Scottish accent but no one understands really give it how. a go well, I mean, you're not Scottish, so it's not going to be as fluent. But, like, if I go and hang out with a few Scottish people and we have a few drinks, then it's, like, <sighs> it's just easy to talk. You know, Whereabouts in Scotland? Stirling, central Scotland, uh, beautiful hillfoots. Um, we live in a small town called Alva, um, which is, like, kind of got this weird juxtaposition of serenity, but also, like, kind of, like, very... Uh, the town is not is is a bit like yeah i don't know what the word is it's just uh not too rough. savory rough yeah not too savory not sweet. like cheesy what's it a little bit sour <laughs> not very crunchy if it was a flavor it would be a little bit sour what is your favorite monster munch flavor actually pickled onion i'm glad you said that actually um, we're talking about hangover food the other day and you know the answer to that question harry's back your burger that actually i mean that is the best burger on the island Yes, I'm very pleased that people keep saying this. I mean, I, I feel honoured that people have coined us with that. It, is, it was a lot of burger geekism and years of trial and error of eating burgers and making burgers, and it seemed to finally click one day. In fact, that's kind of how Word of Mouth was also born here, because I started making burgers out of my, out of my backyard, 
out of uh, my house and uh, someone challenged me to make the best burger because I said I made them and then I put my money where my mouth is and started a little WhatsApp group and people would come to my house and eat the burgers from my house. Some people would sit in our living room and eat them. Uh, we had, Shea was just born and Emily was like carrying Shea like on the front one of those pouches and like making the salads and leaving her hair in the coleslaw and uh, we got a complaint to our house about the coleslaw having hair in it once um, we had to give a I think a free burger away for that wow yeah I know do you like, get many complaints at one restaurant and we were, uh, do we get complaints at one um, just that we're not open enough uh, people want us to be open eight days I mean uh, we're open seven days now we're doing our best uh, <laughs> um, yeah you know, we, we ride it it's you're so feedback. smooth Harry you're so good feedback. listen like you know as I said we never we don't always get it right we're trying our best um, We are, I think hopefully what people can see is we do listen to what people have to say um, you can't action everything immediately you know there's there's so many things to do when you have a business and uh, not enough time to do it but we are sort of slowly ticking off a lot of those um, moments of advice or things that people have said to us so hopefully yeah as I said people can see that we're we're acknowledging that the sauce in that burger though is it it's mildly inspired by a very posh McDonald's idea because I must say when I had it the first time I was like oh my god it was like you know obviously a five million times better but there was just a mild sense of like mmm that's very familiar yeah and uh, secret ingredient is um, crack cocaine oh I thought um, so it just makes it so much moreish. <laughs> Um, <laughs> very, very addictive. Yeah, no. It's, highly, highly perishable. Do you know what? McDonald's, have you seen that film, Founder? No. Yeah, it's a good film to watch, actually. You kind of get the idea of like where McDonald's came from and, and, and what an enterprise it, it, it became. But I think at the, at the core of McDonald's, the original McDonald's, they had a good recipe and they had good produce. And then it obviously expanded and it all became about the money. And they're a huge global brand now that pretty much half it splits the world doesn't it half the world hate them and half the world still go there and eat there every week so um i mean love it or hate it they created something it was a good recipe i kind of like used that as a bit of a baseline and then took really good ingredients to make our own version of a, a sort of somewhat big mac and uh big mac that's the word i was looking for yeah i mean it's like the big hack i think they call it like with those kind of like sauces is like replicating something like you know like making your own kfc is always going to taste better than the kfc you get from kfc if you do it right with good ingredients they're not difficult to replicate that's why they became so successful because it's good fast food but then what happens is the shareholders get this sniffy little snifters in and they say oh if we just get make it cheaper and we use the shitty ingredients put that little crappy bit of flour and maybe we just let the chicken uh, leave it in the fridge a little bit longer oh we just if we do that we can make a bit more money and we employ less people and uh, make the conditions harder for them to work and do you know what I mean? You're like, actually really scaring me now. Yeah, it's just the character in my head of the of who I see when I think about the people that you know the the, the poison that 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 leech on to good businesses or good people with good ideas and and good concepts and ethos that suddenly someone dangles a carrot and says, "Well, listen, you're making this much money, mate, but if you did this, you make this much money." And that's business for sure. Like you don't want to be like in a deficit. There's no point in running a business to be in debt, but you should definitely do it for the right reasons like do it to make yourself happy first and foremost like do it because you're passionate about it 
don't just do it to make money because that's just sad. You know, I mean, money's just a fabricated thing that we made up that's not real. It buys things, but it doesn't buy happiness. You know, happiness comes from actually doing something that you're proud of, that you can go to bed at night and say, I did what I've set out to do. I didn't like try and rip anyone off. I'm not trying to steal from anybody. And I believe in this. Otherwise, what is the point? Agreed, but yeah, I think there's uh, a fine line somewhere along the line, which is very sad, and I totally agree with you that money's just a thing we made up and it's actually not necessarily the source of all happiness. Um, but yeah, I think on an island like this one specifically, it's, um, you know, it's not a cheap place to live, so one does have to earn a crust. And um, yeah, it, you know, it does become a theme, I think, probably here more so than, than most other places that you that you might actually end up living. Um, I wanted to ask, how did you end up um, coming to Ibiza? Um, I came here when I was on my first last holiday, 17 years old, and um, one of my best mates, Ali, uh, his cousin, Adam, was like a few years older than us, and we asked him as the guru, where should we go on holiday? Ainapa, Magaluf, Santi, Malia, where is it? And he was like, no, go straight to Ibiza. Do not pass go. Direct flight to Ibiza. You don't need to go and check out these other islands. And we came straight here as 17-year-olds, and it was insane. We just, like, were blown away of how amazing, how much fun it was. And then we kept on coming back year after year until one year I decided to miss my flight home and stay and do a full season working out here. So I fell in love with Ireland, um, as many people do, and it was always a place in my heart. So when we essentially got kicked out of Australia for, uh, for having our, our residency uh, revoked for not being good citizens uh, and changing jobs whilst you know, getting a visa, um, which sounds so ludicrous because I became a kindergarten teacher, which you'd think they'd want to have more male kindergarten teachers in Australia, but clearly they didn't. They thought me and them were bad eggs. So we came to the place that most convicts come to, Ibiza. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, though? I mean, really, that is exactly how it how it how it was. And I think um, the you would to my head, um, actually. Um, this this we might have to revisit this this interview when I'm less mescaled. Um, no, I don't think so. Definitely not. This this is it's game on. Has it been good? Okay, it's been good thus far. I'm loving it. Um, I actually just looked at the time and realised that we've got to go because we've got a live act coming on. I've got to go and set it up and um, they're waiting for me to make it all happen. So <laughs> I better make, make a move and say thank you very much for your time. It's normally me ending the show. Hang on a minute. What the hell are you doing? I'm, I'm sorry. I just, do you know what? I think Emily came in my peripheral vision and like was like, what? Uh, like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, my stop, husband. Stop doing an interview in the middle of the day. Um, it's summer. Go and make business. <laughs> make um, burgers. Yeah, I'm going to go and uh, make it all happen over there. Uh, Joe, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this has never happened before, Harry. Unbelievable. I love you, so it's fine. I uh, love you too. And um, well, well, let's revisit it another time as well because um, I'm sure there's lots more to talk about. And do you know what? This is just the beginning. Let's long live the relationship between Reset Rebel and WOM. Amen. Bye-bye. I've just had my own podcast finished for me. See you next week. Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. Coming to you every day.